Auto One Podcast Network. You're listening to Creative Writing, America's best motorcycle podcast. Hey, there's a bunch of asterisks behind that. <laughs> Never mind. We're brought to you by our supporters on Patreon. For more information, head over to patreon.com forward slash creative writing to learn how you can support the show yourself. Now, let's get cracking. Roll on the throttle, blip the brakes, tighten the air cleaner, check the crankshaft, and don't spill your coffee. Welcome, everybody, to episode 210 of the Creative Writing Motorcycle Podcast. I'm your host. <laughs> you knew that already. Hey, everybody, happy Leap Day. Huh? Yeah? Happy Leap Day. Uh, it's Friday the 29th. Oh, my God. Wait. Something. Oh, my God. Something's wrong. My, my watch says it's March 1st, but I know that can't be right. Hang on one sec. Let me verify. If that's true, this is... This is Sunday, and I put this podcast out on the wrong day. Hang on. Oh, my God. I got to pause. Come back for a station identification. I'll be right back. Yep, it is. <laughs> it turns out that my watch has to be manually set to be Leap Day today. So happy Leap Day, everybody. Um, the podcast is coming out on the right day, which is Saturday. Uh, not a Friday. Why not a Friday, man? Well, because... Uh, I wanted to celebrate Leap Day with you, the listening audience. I didn't want you guys to freak out, although somebody already reached out and was like, hey, hey, man. Um, so, hey, listen, I told you guys, I think, did I tell you guys last week? Maybe I didn't because I didn't, I don't know, maybe we didn't know. We got a new patron. So, welcome, Philip, to the uh, the patron game, son. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, patrons, uh, I sent out some stuff this week. Well, by the time you're hearing this, it will be being sent. Um, so yeah, look for that in your mailboxes coming next week. And also, uh, Bruce, check it out. All right. I'll tell you more about that later. On this week's show, we're going to talk a little bit about the Women's Moto Show. What is this? Oh, yeah. It's the word of the week that I'm going to tell you in a second. <coughs> Excuse me. Coronavirus is hot up in this mofo. Um, so yeah. We got a couple of things to talk about this week. We're going to talk about the Women's Moto Show. We're going to talk about uh, the Los Angeles Cretans uh, benefit ride. And didn't go to the benefit party, so I can't tell you about that, but that did happen. And also, we're going to have a word of the week. And before we even start the show, uh, disclaimer, the views and opinions of the participants of the Creative Writing Motorcycle Podcast are those of the participants did not reflect the policy position opinions of Creative Writing, the Moto One Podcast Network, any of our affiliates. Any opinion is the respect of participants and is not intended to malign anyone or anything, even CB400F owners. And this show, this week, is sponsored by TPS 
Fab. If you want to learn more about uh, fabrication, what it takes, the dedication and uh, skill, learn all about drag bikes, uh, racing, all that great fun stuff, go over to YouTube.manure. Dot com, I think. I think YouTube's still dot com. Uh, even though they treat some of their older people like manure. Maybe maybe we'll cover that in a future show. But yeah, head over to YouTube uh, dot stationary dot malice and uh, just kidding. TPS Fab. That's all I need all I need to say. I'm going off the rails here. So yeah, TPS Fab, check them out on YouTube. Uh, thanks for sponsoring this week's show. All right. Uh, upcoming events and news. We got all that stuff coming up. The word of the week. Uh, I'm going to pull that right now. For those of you who are just tuning in for the first time ever in your desperate lives, uh, each week we pull a word. And uh, the word of the week is something that's submitted by users. And I can tell you we're down to like six in the can. So six more episodes, six weeks, I'll be making a... I'll be making a desperate call out to everybody to please send in your words. Um, So every time we grab a word there's a consequence well it has been that we uh we go ahead and we have a cute fuzzy basket full of kittens over here and we've been taking out one of the cats one or two of the cats uh last you know a couple weeks ago with brady walker we annihilated the basket full of cats but this week something happened and uh i was really sad about it and so let me tell you the word of the week first before we get into what what's been sad in me this week all right the word of the week this week is, oh, great. It's creative. Well, that's going to be rough. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, you're turned into the podcast. I can't say that. So as soon as this bike bell, let me reach over here to my <clears throat> my Ducati Mechanica. It's a Deanna from uh, 1962. Uh, very, very sweet little 250 racing edition. Uh, and let me ding the bell on it. All right, word of the week is official as of now. So usually we, like I said, we take out some kitties. Uh, we have a couple snipers set up around the studio. <laughs> Don't ask me why we have 12 snipers in a studio that's only big enough for about eight people. Um, but yeah, and then we have some airstrikes and this and that that we call in on this basket of cats. You don't want us to say the word of the week because, the you know, obviously the punishment is not cute uh so this week in light of what happened um to our uh friends in milwaukee there was a there was a shooting another one uh and this is interesting um i think i'm for 2020 uh not to get off the subject of motorcycles really quick but it did happen in milwaukee which is close to the harley davidson and it's close to a lot of our the friends of the show you know we have quite a few people that we know between Wiggins and I that live in uh, Milwaukee and work in Milwaukee for the MoCo. And my whole thing is uh, I think we should only let criminals have guns now (laughs) because criminal, I don't know if that sounds crazy, but it seems like all these law abiding people are the ones that are going in and shooting up places nowadays. So maybe, or either that or make bullets like $8,000. Like if the first thing they teach you in hunting class is not to point your gun, like look through the shot, don't point it at anybody. So apparently, uh, all these people don't know anything about gun safety or, uh, any of that great stuff. They're using them in totally wrong way. So, and if you're hunting stuff, it should never be people. So that's just my opinion. Um, 
also, I think was it Wiggins that posted up something a couple weeks ago about Germany has gun laws and they have mass shootings too. Well, Germany has gun laws and their gun laws aren't too different than American gun laws, but Germany had a mass shooting uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, the United States, according to the Congressional Research Center, has had 56 since January 1st. I know I read somewhere that this was the fourth one, and I was like, dude, uh, how are they calculating that? Because according to the Congressional Research um, Service, this is the 56th one. They count public uh, shootings only, and they have to involve more than four people. This one involved five, of course. Um and if you go on the statistic website or their their counter, they have one that they count. There's probably been another one since since uh, this week. There's probably up to 57 because that's just you know there hasn't even been 57 days in the in the year yet. <laughs> God, so we beat you, Germany. Finally, you you might build some sweet cars, but uh, we got some sweet mass shooting. All right, so actually, my heart goes out to everybody um, in that town. I know how you know there's. Uh, stuff all over that happens and you're like, man, I feel terrible, but I really feel terrible about this. Um, the, uh, other thing that happened this just yesterday was, uh, speaking of Milwaukee and Harley Davidson, uh, Matt Levitich stepped down as a CEO and president of Harley Davidson after like 26 years. Um, and they got a new, well, maybe we're not better than Germany. I think the guy that stepped in is German. I think his name is uh, Jochen's Heights. Mm, that doesn't sound uh, very Milwaukee to me. Maybe it is. I don't know. Maybe people in Milwaukee have weird names nowadays. But um, yeah, so that was interesting news to me. And uh, they were saying that Harley Davidson's had five straight years of declining sales, which is true. I've always said it. I've said it since we've had this podcast. Uh, hang on, I gotta get a sip of this sweet, sweet coffee. Mm, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Clobbins came out with this new um, pickle flavor coffee. If you're interested in it, I'll uh, do a little do a little news brief after this news brief. But yeah, it's super good. <laughs> um, so yeah, anyway, I've been saying since the the show started that. Um, Harley Davidson has been slipping for you know every quarter after quarter after quarter, right? And all these scandals with the tuners and blah 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 blah. It's like the it's like the Volkswagen Dieselgate thing, which has started unfolding in two thousand nine. Turns out, if you want to listen more about that, go to this great podcast called American Scandal. And uh, yeah, that's it's a really cool, it's a good listen. And they talk all about the the. Uh, when it started, when it was found out, and it's still going on. I just heard something on the news uh, the other day that they are still just going through court. You know, it takes quite a while to figure all this stuff out. So um, Harley-Davidson, on the other hand, uh, I think they've already gone through their growing pains and their their hurt from the super tuner thing, but I think just declining sales, uh, baby boomers aging out, this whole thing, the give a shift um, roundtable a couple of years ago by Robert Pandya stating that the millennials aren't really into motorbikes um, or into owning vehicles, period. Um, so yeah, there's a whole bunch of factors that people think are playing into it. I just think that, hey, Harley, you're at the top and uh, there's only one way to go when you're the number one and you have to slide with the rest of the market. As we know, uh, before we get 
too much deeper into like motorcycle news, uh, the markets have slidden. <laughs> That's a new word I'm going to create for what just happened. Yeah, they're going down like crazy. And uh, it's nuts. They've been dropping and dropping and dropping. Somebody put like some fake tweet that Trump said, like if the markets fall a thousand points, this president should be fired. <laughs> and it's almost, but and he was talking about the previous president. It almost sounds like something he would have said, but I, uh, it's fake. It was a fake tweet, but still, that's, <laughs> that's, I mean, this, when things start to go rough, it's like, oh, but then when it happens to you, it's like, oh my God. And so I really am feeling right now for people that are investors and people that are, uh, you know, maybe their 401ks are going to tank. I think we were kind of due for this for a while, though. I feel like I used to be like super into investing. And um, personal fitness, two things I've let gone by the wayside. So I'm broke and fat now. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, when you see a market slide like this, it affects everything. And part of it's due to the coronavirus, which also I don't, turns out I don't have, even after drinking a whole bunch of corona the other day. I Googled it, and on CNN, 38% of the population refused to drink Corona beer because they thought they could get coronavirus from it. So there's 38% of the population that Wiggins and I agree should not be voting <laughs> or buying chocolate milk if it doesn't come from brown cows, which guarantees some chocolate milk does come from some brown cows, but 100% of chocolate milk comes from cocoa beans. <laughs> um, but anyway... Yeah, the coronavirus has been uh, sending a lot of panic, and now it's reached the markets, right? And so there's a lot of a lot of companies that have sh that are shutting down. They have a lot of you know we do. China is a huge part of motorcycles. It's who we uh, you know get a lot of. We we joke on like yeah when stuff's built there or stuff's coming out of there they're pumping out these crappy things. Well, we also get a lot of components from there. Apple does, Tesla does, Ford and. Uh, Ford versus Ferrari does like a lot of people get components from China that go into vehicles. Um, probably not Indian, probably not um, Ducati, probably not Triumph and Honda. They have a lot of stuff coming out of Thailand, and uh, and then Indian makes most of their stuff here um, in Spirit Lake, New Mexico. Just kidding. I know they are also like in Illinois or Milwaukee or somewhere like that. Um, Milwaukee. They're not in Milwaukee. <laughs> Hi, hey Harley Davidson. It's us, your neighbor Indian. No, they're like out of. Um, uh, I don't even know if they're in Wisconsin, but whatever. You get the idea. Like, there's a lot of stuff that does come out of China, and uh, half of Walmart. So I'm surprised Walmart's are still doing business. But this market's sliding. Um, now there's cases of coronavirus spreading out. Do you guys remember SARS and all that stuff and the bird flu? We, I mean, we we survived those. When I was a kid, we had to worry about like the red plague and the black death and bubonic plague, and then like all the fleas that were coming through Europe back in the 1300s. It was bad news. Um, but yeah. So, anyways. Um, the markets are sliding and Harley Davidson's falling, but that's not all. We're we're also um, uh, going to be talking. In, I got a little news article that I found, and we're going to be talking about other stuff sliding as well, and other stuff coming up. So let's talk about that. Uh, in coronavirus news, I went to uh, the reason the reason Wiggins isn't here right now, and the reason Brady's not here right now. He Brady Walker was going to come back and join us this week. Daddy's been busy in the garage working on some stuff, and I sprayed. I'm pretty pissed at myself. I sprayed a couple parts in here, and I have a little generic, uh, like collapsible paint booth set up. But that doesn't mean that the overspray didn't go all over everything. So now 
including the airways and my lungs. And so I went to um, go buy some masks, some dust masks, right? <laughs> and guess what's all sold out because of coronavirus? <laughs> and I was like, oh, even Harbor Freight doesn't have uh, masks. So I bought a cartridge. I was like, well, I just, I want a good mask. I don't want like a dust mask. Fine. So if you guys don't have any, because everyone's scared of coronavirus, I'll take a cartridge mask. So I go and I buy a cartridge mask and open the package and it's made in China. So it was a chock full of coronavirus. So yeah, the, where's my want, want, you know? Yeah. So good for me. I got, uh, didn't have coronavirus from drinking Corona, got coronavirus from opening up, uh, ironically, an air mask from China, and then uh, got the rad coronavirus now pumping through my veins. So, yeah, I'm working on something. Uh, we'll be talking about that in a second. So, Sweet Talker, Brady Walker, and Chris Wiggins aren't here. I did not want them in here. Because uh, we would all have asphyxiated and been dead. And with like the coronavirus and the stock markets falling and all that, I didn't want it to look culty. Like three men <laughs> found dead in studio garage. Uh, you know, it would have looked kind of iffy. So uh, you never want that to go out. You know, you, you always want your friends. There should be like a list of things that if you turn up dead somewhere, your friends run and hide. You know what I'm saying? Like your extra motorcycles, your... Uh, your porno collection, all this great stuff. You should have your friends hide that. But three dudes dead in a garage would not have looked so hot, uh, in my opinion. So I decided, hey, guys, let's uh, let's not record this week. I'll do this one solo again. And um, in light of what happened in Miss Milwaukee uh, this week, instead of acing some cats, let's bring it back around to that. Uh, if I say the word of the week, which I may have very well have just said, if I have to go back and editing and listen to this all over again, um, I'm going to hug a British rock star. Uh, so one that needs hugging. So in the studio tonight, I am proud to say we have, from The Cure, we have Robert Smith. You guys were just uh, recently inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame uh, last year. Yeah, it was great. I loved being there every minute. You got a pint? Yeah, we got a we got a pint for you. We'll get you a pint in a minute. Also, Morrissey is here. He's the uh, lead singer of the Nosebleeds. Went on to front the Smiths, and now he's a self help educator, <laughs> a solo uh, illustrious solo career. I cried and I died and I cried. All right, that proves that it, it's you because you cried and you died. And then we have James Dean Bram Baker. Oops, that's not your name, is it? It's actually Brad Fraser. James Dean Bradfield. Oh, <clears throat> James Dean Bradfield from the Manic Street Preachers is here. So we're going to hug one of you guys if we say the word of the week. And uh, yeah, so no no blasting anybody this week. Uh, hey, and before um, we get into some news, I did want to say a couple shout outs. We had some crashes, man. Ugh, and part of the crashes this week was why I was on a ride this weekend. Really fun ride, by the way. Um so this week, Dane, Dane the Mang, Dane the Stinky Mang, uh, if you remember, he was on our show ooh, last year sometime with the, he came in with Jay um, and yacked with us a little bit. He has a sweet KTM 
which he launched off a cliff <laughs> this week, didn't really launch it off a cliff, was riding out on a dirt road, uh, like a fire trail, uh, up through Los Padres National Forest, maybe something like that. And, um, yeah, did one of those things where you're like trying to, you carve the hillside and you come back around while well, he hit something, went up. And as he came back down, looks like he kind of whiskey throttled off a cliff. And the bike flew down 100 feet further than he did, luckily. But he flew down a cliff, landed, and hit a culvert. Of all the places to fly off a cliff, out in the wilderness of all places, hitting a freaking culvert. You know, it's basically like a serrated, rusty pipe that you hit. Um, yeah, and he hit that and his leg got sliced open. Search and rescue had to come and button him up. Got He got like 100,000 staples. And he got the bike back up the hill. I don't know how he did that, but I'm sure he didn't do it by himself. Um, tore his brand new arrow stitch pants or whatever he was wearing. Um, and made a tourniquet out of some tie-downs that he had. So if you go over to Dane the Meng's page and check that out, you'll see important. You think you're just going out for a little jaunt, but... I say I always have something, even though it's only usually a couple band-aids, I always have something in my uh, first aid kit with me in my backpack when I go riding. I very rarely go riding with nothing. I usually carry a little some some. So yeah, if you're going to be out going like that, definitely, you know, everybody thinks of snacks and trail snacks and water. Uh, which are very important in their own right. But yeah, uh, like a quick first aid kit or even like a bandana if you have to make a tourniquet. Like, whoa. I don't know how they got the bike back up. Maybe they used the force, the Jedi mind trick. But um, they got the bike back up and it runs perfect. Uh, So yeah, a big testament to KTM. It blew the headlight out. But if he had one of those cool like cafe racer grills over the headlight, that would have not have happened, and it probably would have been fine. I think he lost a couple a mirror and a handguard or something, so everything else on it's pretty sweet. Luckily, it went down the cliff into some brush, so it probably like cushioned the fall a little bit. Uh, another person almost died this week. Oh my God, uh, Mark from uh, Mark Atkins, the Rusty Butcher, also. He said he T-boned a guy, but it looked like he uh, end-boned the guy uh, on his FXRP, um, his rusty pusher bike. Uh, it's uh, his Dyna Fat Bob, maybe. I forget what it was, but I forget if it was a Dyna or one of the new Softail Bobs. But, it, um, yeah, he whapped into the rear fender of some dude that, like, pulled out in front of him in some parking lot out in uh, Riverside or something like that. And he said the bike's toast. Now, the bike didn't look that bad. Um, but it doesn't take much to total a motorcycle. Let me tell you that much. <laughs> well, it's sad for us, but yeah, he said the bike's toast. Um, he may, I'd probably keep it if I was him. He's got so many parts laying around his shop. He could probably just whip up a new one in a few minutes, but yeah, man, all these crashes happening. And then, uh, I was on a ride this weekend for somebody that had actually crashed, um, and the Cretans, the president of the L.A. chapter, was limping around. So I don't know what happened to him either, but he he crashed. And the benefit ride was for uh, one of their uh, Cretan racers named um, Russ. And he last summer, not quite a year ago, I'm going to guess around nine months ago, um, had a wheel blowout on him at Laguna Seca, I think, uh, in a sidecar rig. And he's quadriplegic now, so that was cool. If you go, if you went over, I think I shared it to my Instagram story. But uh, yeah, there was a cool party, and he was there dancing in his wheelchair. So it was kind of cool, like at the uh, 
couple punk bands playing and he's out there in the pit in his wheelchair. So I thought that was pretty cool. But yeah, a lot of people falling down and uh, all that great stuff. So don't do it. Oh, that hurts. Um, so let's get into this week's news and events that are coming up. Make sure I don't have any commercial breaks coming up. Nope, I don't. Just TPS Fab saying, yep, keep going forward with what you're doing. Okay, so here we go. Um, you all know that there's a couple things coming up, and let me tell you what they are. Uh, Southern California Motorcycle Dealership. We're going to get it. That's news. That's news. We don't need to know that right away. Let's get into current events. Um, one of the most current things that's happening is uh, right now, if you're listening to this show today, is the Veggie Plate Classic is going down tonight. Well, this afternoon, out at Paris Speedway. You better get out there. Hooligan Jesus is out there slinging. Even though he's more like Hooligan Waylon Jennings now, uh, or Hooligan Trucker, because <laughs> he he lost the long hair. But yeah, he's out there slinging laps out in the dirt, and there's a Speedway event happening. So that's going to be pretty fun. Uh, and then also, if you are... Uh, it's going to be too late now. You, you should have listened last week when I was telling you about this, but the CMC ride down through Santiago Canyon, which is kind of where Born Free-ish is... Um, they're going to be doing a big ride through there, I think, over at Ortega. And from what I heard, some of Ortega is closed or real slow right now, so uh, doing construction out there, so be careful for that. Um, started at 8 a.m., so by the time you're hearing this, they should be done. They should be heading out to Veggie Plate from there. Um, but, yeah, March 7th is one man's junk sale happening on Old Town Front Street, and also March 7th is a classic track day at the streets of Willow Springs out at Willow Springs International Raceway. Before I go on to the next thing, I want to tell you March 6th through 12th? March 6th through 96th, I think, is... Um, Daytona International Bike Week. And if you go to officialbikeweek.com, you can check out all the details. There's going to be a lot of stuff. I need to scoot my uh, teleprompter a little closer so I can read all this great stuff. So it's the 79th annual uh, Daytona Bike Week. Supposedly, according to Bike Week's thing uh, website, it's the largest rally, which I believe. Uh, Sturgis is a very small town. Famous, famous rally, right? Probably if you ask anybody from out of the country, Oh, what's a, what's a motorcycle? What's a giant motorcycle rally that draws a lot of bikes in the U- United States? Or what's a bucket list bike rally? Everyone's like, oh, man, I want to go to Scur- Stur- Scurgis. That's the one where you get scurvy. Uh, you go there and you get your gums checked. But Sturgis is the one where there's like a lot of bikes. So little known fact, I think Daytona being on the uh, – being in Florida – and having much nicer weather this time of year, and also being able to spread out a little further than Sturgis. And I know not every single event is like in the actual town of Sturgis, but neither is Daytona. Uh, I think there's just some more room to spread out, and more draw for bikers, and a lot more motorcyclists already down in uh, Florida riding on their very straight roads. <laughs> so anyway, the 79th annual is going to be kicking off March 6th, and it goes through uh, April 97th. And those aren't real dates. If you uh, are listening to this, go look at a calendar. Those aren't real dates. But anyways, they're going to be... Um, actually, it says it goes through March 6th through the 15th. So there you go. Um, <clears throat> they're going to have 20 AMA sanctioned events. There's going to be a ton of flat track, but it's not going to be actually in Daytona like before. Um, 
the Daytona 200 is going to be put on again by the ASRA, which is the American Sport Bike Racing Association. Uh, there's going to be the Lords of the Board Track raffle. So they're going to have like a really cool raffle there of an old supposedly vintage bike. I haven't seen pictures of it. I've seen pictures of other bikes you can win. Um, so yeah, on the, uh, on March 6th, the, uh, AMA All-Star National Flat Track Series is going to be happening at, uh, Cyclethorpe Speedway Park in Pooler, Georgia. So not even in, uh, Florida. It's going to be happening over in Georgia. Um, Sunday, March 7th, they're going to have the Amsoil Grand National, uh, it's the GNCC, basically. It's the Grand National Cross Country Series presented by Specialized. It's an ANA national championship um, that begins with the two-day wild boar uh, event, and it's going to have everything from motorbikes, ATCs, ATVs, sorry, ATCs are illegal now, and um, or they're not sold anymore. Sorry, I shouldn't say illegal. And I think I don't think they have a side-by-side class yet, but I'm sure it's coming. We'll talk about that when I get to the news. But... Um, yeah, so that's going to be happening. Uh, let me see if I can wrap this up for our first commercial break. I have two minutes to do it, and this is a lot of events. So uh, round one of the Vintage Flat Track uh, National Championship Series is going to go down at Oglethorpe Speedway as well. Uh, March 8th, which is Sunday. I think I might have said sun- yeah, Sunday, March 8th. Round 2 of the AMA All-Star National Flat Track Series is happening at the Volusia Speedway in Barberville. I have no idea where that is. Barberton. Uh, there's this new state in the Cal- in, in uh, the United States called Barberville. Um, so yeah, that's going to be round 2. Then another GNCC uh, presented by Specialized again, which is uh, the second day of the two-day event. If you wanted to learn more about that, go to gnccracing.com. They like to do hounds, hair and hounds, and all that great stuff. So it's kind of cool. Uh, observe trials. There's going to be hap- those happening also uh, Saturday and Sunday by the Florida Trials Association. Um, Ricky Carmichael Amateur Supercross is going to be going down in uh, inside the Daytona International Speedway, and that's a two day event. Uh, so Monday. Round two of AMA Flat Track Championships uh, at Volusia Speedway. So Sunday and Monday is going to be Volusia. I need to hang on one second. I got to pause this. Our record, our uh, commercial break's coming up, and I'm not going to have enough time to tell you about all the stuff happening in a bike week and do this. So one moment, I'll be right back. Okay, not that you'd know any better, but we took a little quick break there. Move our, move around some stuff, slap the people that are in the sound booth, tell them to be quiet, because we'll be right back. So here we are, we are back. So yeah, Monday, March 9th, round two of the uh, flat track competition over there at Volusia Speedway. Um, it's in conjunction with round two of the Vintage Flat Track Championship. If you want to know more about that, go to Stephen uh, Ace Racing. Is that what this says? Who typed this? Who typed this in handwriting? You did? You're fired. All right. Robert Smith is no longer in the hugging competition, if we say the word of the week. You're out of here, my man. Um, so, yeah. So, also, Volusia is going to be host to round two, uh, the Vintage uh, National Flat Track Championship. Uh, if you go to AM- AmericanMotorcyclist.com forward slash flat track racing to learn more about that. 
this is also round two of the Ricky Carmichael. Tuesday, March 10th is the final round of the Flat Track Championships with the AMA major event taking place at Volusia Speedway. Uh, and you can also go to Stephen Ace Racing. Why did you type Robert Smith? Come back in the room. Why did you write down a website like that? You're, if you type it out, it's much easier to read. You wrote down a website. It's like saying, hey, go to my website here, and then you mail someone a business card with it written on there, and then they type, instead of just like putting a clickable link in the email that you would send to them. I don't know. You're you're crazy. Is that how they do things in England? Are you, do you even live in England still? Are you like in Scotland, Wales, or Northern Ireland? Or Mallorca, Spain? Uh, okay, we'll talk about that later. Um, so yes, uh, round three of the vintage flat tracks. Did I already talk about that? That takes place at Volusia at the short track. The Daytona Vintage Supercross is taking place at the uh, Daytona International Speedway. So there's going to be a lot of motocross inside the speedway this year. Not so much uh, any other sort of racing except for the Daytona 200. Wednesday, March 11th, the Daytona 200 Motorcycle Club is uh, hosting a road run. <laughs> Uh, you can go to Daytona200MC.com. Also, round three of the All-Star National Flat Track Series is going to be happening with a, uh, at Volusia Speedway Park again with a TT uh, going on as well. Go to Stephen Ace Racing. I can't believe you wrote that 100 times, too. You could have written this all out and just said, go to that at the end. Robert Smith, no wonder you got inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You truly are an artist. So, okay, good. Uh, the Vintage Supercross is going to take place um, that day as well. I probably already said that. I'm too busy yelling at Robert Smith to keep my head in the game right now. So, oh, God, where are we now? Friday, March 13th, uh, Azra. This is when they're having a Champion Cup Series uh, practice event at the Daytona International Spaceway. You can go to ccsraracing.us.co.uk.ie.ru.lmnop for all the details on that. Just follow the first part. I'll take you there. Uh, and then that's in preparation for the Daytona 200, which I think is been going on as long as bike week so it's probably the 79th daytona 200 maybe it's the 179th i don't know maybe they used to race horses around there who knows uh but that is going to be sanctioned again by azra this year and i think there was another uh group going to help with that and i forget so you can visit daytona international speedway.com forward slash events forward slash 2020, forward slash Daytona 200 and Daytona TT, forward slash Daytona 200 and Daytona TT, forward slash ASPX. You got all that? I'm not going to handwrite it to you. I'm just going to tell you that. Type that into your uh, browser and it'll pop up. So the Daytona 200 and the TT shall be in there. Uh, the 79th running, it is, I was right, uh, of the world-famous 200th. It's going to be happening Saturday, March 14th. Starts at 11 a.m. Be looking for Danny Eslick to be out. I'm just kidding. I just, I, I just like Danny Eslick. Look look for all sorts of people to be out there. A uh, bunch of AMA riders and old people that want to get back in the game and just run the 200. So it used to be one of the most prestigious races in the universe, and now uh, Red Bull Air Races fill that. Uh, Sunday, March 15th, the uh, ASRA Championship 
Championship Cup Series compete at Daytona International in a variety of classes. Uh, so again, go to AzraRacing.com and CCSRacing.us.ru. No, I'm just kidding. So go check that out. They're, that's when they're going to have uh, Sunday's going to be like the club racing, I think. So uh, round eight of the Florida Trail Riders Enduro Championship is going to be happening in Smyrna Beach. You can go to FloridaTrailRiders.org. Dot ru dot ie for those details. Um, also, there's going to be an Eagles class and a road captain workshop at the AMA tent at Daytona International Speedway. Um, and what else? That's about it. AMA sanctioned events can always be found at AmericanMotorcycles.com. Well, thank you for that information. Uh, and this w- information was provided to us by Power Sports Business. Your partner in power sports <laughs> so all right let's let's take a quick break we'll get right back and i can finally yeah you can read this copy now buddy all right we're gonna take a quick break we'll be right back for over 600 years no other pickle has oh yeah you're right it's a typo for over 60 years no no that's not right here double that for 120 years. No, no, seven more than that. <sighs> okay. For 127 years, no other pickle has put a smile on motorcyclist's face like Clobman Pickles. Now, your favorite pickle can put a smile on your face and a championship trophy on your shelf. I'm Ed McClobbin, and I'm here to say... You let a bobbin pickle slide down your greasy little throat, you're guaranteed to win. Mama says so. So do what Mama says. Put a Clobman pickle in your mouth and a championship trophy on your shelf. Clobmans, available where finer products are sold. Clobman pickles. Mm, what's that smell? They're at it again. The folks at RP Enterprises solving two world problems with one great solution. You got a hankering for some of Grandma's hush puppies? Sure you do. They're delicious. You love them. Well, how about solving world hunger and the pet overpopulation problem with one easy, simple, tasty solution? Fist puppies from RP Enterprises. Never have to listen to a Sarah McLaughlin song again about it. Fist puppies available only at Hetty's on 4th Street. On Front Street. <clears throat> Actually, uh, it's on available on Front Street, no matter what town you're in. That's part of their marketing campaign, so I thought that was pretty interesting. Uh, all right, we're back with uh, creative writing. We are 38 minutes into the most desperate day of your life. That's not very loud. So listen up. I had I had played. Now that's the strings are literally pressing inside <laughs> inside the microphone. Now that's a little too loud. Uh, I literally had uh, played the guitar the whole time on the show. I, re- I recorded this show. This is the second time recording it. And as you can hear, my crummy playing now. <laughs> I got, uh, I was doing something last night. What was I doing? Oh, yeah. I said, uh, po- roughly pointing my finger at something 
and I smashed my finger on it and broke my fingernail. And if you play guitar like me, I'm going to turn this down because it's picking up my voice. This is what happened last time. This is why I uh, couldn't use any of the stuff I played. It got all the bad stuff that I had said in between. And if you know me, you know that I also have a podcast about uh, anal sex. And I didn't want any of it to come over into this pod- <laughs> podcast. So therefore, I couldn't use in the audio because audio, my mic bled up my, my mouth noises. That's the words that come out of your mouth. Bled over into the mic that was recording the uh, guitar. And so even when I X'd out the other track, you got stuff that sounded like this. I'm not sure if you can still hear me 100%, but you can hear me enough over this. <laughs> I went ahead and did something really stupid and broke my fingernails anyway, so I cannot play guitar right now. Uh, I'm going to try a little bit because somebody liked that, so we'll see if it works out. (sighs) But yeah, it, it even just feels weird trying to put my fingers on the strings. It's like they're missing by a few millimeters. If you had like a a fender or a headlight on your motorcycle that was off the bolt hole by like even two millimeters, you'd be like, man, this sucks. It just doesn't quite fit. So that's how I feel about my fingers right now. They're aiming for things that they are not hitting, and that makes me sad. All right, let's continue. Uh, Some events that are coming up. Let me get back to these real quick and get you filled in before – just before. Let me just leave it at that. Before. I already mentioned the one man's junk sale happening on Old Town Front Street in Temecula, California. The reason I mentioned this a thousand times is because I feel like it's... You go to the uh, SoCal Cycle Swap Mate, which will be happening again the last Sunday of every month. And since this was leap month, um, even that extra day didn't help us out with that. So it the last... Uh, Last swap meet was last weekend. February was given 33 days like every other month. Um, Then we would have been having it tomorrow. So, But anyway, we didn't, so it was last weekend. But this one, even the SoCal Cycle Swap Meet, which is very famous, and the NorCal Cycle Swap Meet, which is not so famous, have vendors and like all this crazy stuff that happens at them. This one is no vendors, no dealers. I mean, not like if you're a dealer, you can't bring your own personal stuff, but that's what it is. It's all personal stuff going to be out here at this event. So I am super stoked. Um, I'm really excited for you, too, to head over to officialbikeweek.com and see if you can, uh, if you got some stuff that's at Daytona that you would like to check out. Like, it's really cool. Um, So, yeah, after March. Uh, well into April, the 17th through the 19th, is going to be a scamper at the streets of Willow. There's going to be camping, partying, and lots of vintage racing. They're even going to have a bear uh, on this weird tricycle that he rides around the track. Um, the April, the April 24th, not the other April, but the April 24th or 26th is going to be the Battle of Big Willow at Willow Springs. Uh, there's going to be Armor Racing again, which is the American Historic Racing Motorcycle Association. Music, party, camping. Uh, this time they're going to have, you know, those little uh, monkeys that do the organ grinder things. They're like little weird macaque 
weird, gross little monkeys. They're going to have a chimpanzee come in and strangle the monkey that's doing the organ grinder. And then they're going to have a full-blown silverback come in and smash the chimpanzee with one of those big mallets that you use to, like, test your strength at the county fair. Uh, And then the silverback is going to do the little grinding, the organ grinding. It's going to look real funny. It's like part of the shenanigans to uh, bring back carnival mode. God, this sounds terrible with no fingernails. I'm ashamed that this happened to me. Uh, Yeah, if you ever met me in person and you notice that I have kind of a weird shaped thumbnail and then three long fingernails on my left hand. I'm sure it comes across in some of the stuff I post on YouTube when I'm pointing at stuff and you're like, oh, that's weird. His fingernails are shaped like guitar picks. That's why. Uh, All right, because I can't play with the guitar pick. You can't do, I I need three guitar picks to play what I can play with one hand. So at any rate, uh, maybe I'll just put this down. May 2nd, the California is happening at the uh, Santa Anita Raceway Park to coincide with Derby at the Derby. Uh, So go check that out. And don't forget, if you are on Twisted Road, you can be hooked up with a massive discount uh, on your first ride. Go check it out. Sign in um, and go to Wiggins. Type in Wiggins there when it asks you... uh, you know, I think you can do like forward slash Wiggins. Let me see here. Who do you type in? What do you type in here? Oh, yeah. Twisted Road. Uh, type Wiggins in there and you're going to get a discount. He's going to hook you up. You're going to get 25% off uh, if you book for less than three days or one free day of riding when you book for three or more days. Uh, just log in, sign up, type Wiggins in the referral box. And there you go. Also... Uh, speaking of the Women's Motor Show, which I would... God, I'm so... It sounds terrible. The the strings aren't loud. They don't have that pop. Yeah, I'm going to put this down before I embarrass myself. Here I was going to do like a little soundtrack to this week's show as I was talking about... <coughs> talking about events i guess you're gonna just get me dying instead but uh i guess not now i'm gonna cut the show short because half of it was gonna be me covering uh the godfather of soul benny backbones um but i won't do that so anyway okay well show's over Uh, anyway, Super 73, the reason I'm bringing them up, uh, at the Women's Moto Show, I got the chance to hang out with one of the best podcasters in North America. The guy's name is Bruce Philp. You're already going, oh my God, you got to hang out with the Bruce Philp if you know who I'm talking about already. But he is the founder, creator, uh, producer, editor, and uh, managing director of projects at uh, This Motorcycle Life. (laughs) Just like every other podcaster who doesn't work for uh, a large corporation, he does everything himself. But not only that, his podcasts are pretty amazing. And we got to hang out together at the Women's Moto Show. So I want to talk about that. So wait around for that. Sorry, I'm sniffing into the... I think this... uh, Ironically, that mask that I did get from Harbor Freight was filled with bad Chinese air. Now I do probably have the Corvell 19 coronavirus or some other respiratory disease from China. So, all right. So before we get into uh, the women's motor show and hanging out with Bruce, uh, at the top of the show, I talked about Harley Davidson sliding. And I talked about, uh, you know, 
things looking bad in Milwaukee all around. Uh, well, Harley Davidson's always been at the top of the hill. And there's only one way to go when you're at the top, and that's down. Little guys that get, you know, even Ducati and uh, Triumph were boasting uh, small, small increases over, the, over like last year or something like that. Maybe I just, maybe it was only a quarter. Maybe it wasn't the whole year long. But they only have to sell about two. You know, if you're if you're rough and you sell like one bike, or sadly Norton, and you sold one bike, uh, you'd be like, oh my god, my sales are two hundred percent up. Yay, because you have like three bikes out there and you need to sell three more. All of a sudden, you know, sales look great. But if you're Harley Davidson and you're used to selling hundreds and hundreds of motorcycles, well, hundreds of thousands even, actually, before I say hundreds of thousands, I think that they might have dropped to under, let me think, I'm not, you know, you you always need to be, uh, you always need to have proper info, and since I don't have it in front of me, I, I'm going to say that I know that But in the past they have sold like hundreds of thousands, like 160,000. Um, I don't think they've dropped below the 100,000 mark. Um, that would be pr- pretty devastating for them, but I know that it's been pretty low. Uh, you know, when people like Yamaha are selling like 60,000 bikes, there's no way Harley will drop that low, uh, at least not in the United States, maybe worldwide their numbers aren't that great, but, uh, in the United States, they sell at least 180,000, something like that. These numbers are totally inaccurate. So don't, uh, you know, I I don't have a, uh, vetted news source in front of me to talk about it, but it's not such a big, you know, they've been sliding for the last five years. And, uh, I think it's, we're just going through a market correction right now. Um, and I think the numbers were starting to ramp up really quickly, and then they're going back down, and then they'll ramp up. They'll go up and down. But if you make an average line in between there, I think we're always going to rise, right? And so having said that, um, there are lots of OEMs are predicting sales are going to fall. Yamaha Motor Co. has had a downbeat outlook. Did I put that? Is that my wording? It seems like I copied that from somewhere. They have a downbeat outlook for uh, North American sales this year. So North America is a pretty saturated market. Um, And if you want to sell to other markets, you're going to need to open up uh, you know, the doorway and as, as we've come to know, we, I don't know how many people really paid attention to this before, but tariffs play a big part of a lot of, uh, motorcycle sales for any company selling outside of their, their home country. Um, and so Yamaha, uh, they're predicting their own sales are going to be down by, what is this percentage I have here? You guys tell me, I'm going to tell you a number. You tell me what it is. It starts with the four. And it ends with a 0.7. So um, they're gonna. They say they're gonna fall to 60,000 units from 63,000 units. So see, that's only 3,000. Doesn't sound like that big of a number uh, in the grand scheme of things. But I mean, you know, for companies like Harley, for companies like Honda, uh, more than 10,000 bikes is like, ooh, that's kind of a lot. Um, so Yamaha's projecting that their sales are going to drop roughly 4.7%, almost 5%, which is a pretty big chunk. Uh, during the fiscal year that ended in uh, December 31st, they had already dropped 6.3%. So with all the new stuff, that's why, and if you don't see your favorite uh, brand, you know, Wiggins talked about favorites this week, which might roll into this conversation a little bit. But if you don't see your favorite brand coming out with a new bike every two years, just think of this. Hey, 
maybe they're not selling so great. You know, you got to sell what works. You got to make bikes that that are going to hit your target markets. And maybe you're not going to waste a bunch of like, I don't know, you're not going to waste a bunch of R&D to bring something that maybe perhaps won't sell. So maybe, hey, why isn't blah, blah making this type of bike? Well, listen, maybe that type of bike isn't worth, you know, even if you sell 10,000 units, if your overall sales are like Harley, a hundred something thousand units, maybe it's not worth it for that. Hashtag CVO. Anyway, uh, or it's not a loss leader like the Grom. Honda sells more Groms and presumably monkeys than they do gold wings, obviously. And so, you know, those are easy sells. Those are cheap bikes. Those are fun bikes. And you need to sell what? Like they're 3000 bucks. So you just need to sell eight of them to make up for one gold wing. What's easier to sell? Eight cheap bikes to eight young people with some disposable income or one gold wing to somebody that's going to have to sink 30 grand, you know, 28 ish grand into a, a gold wing or, you know, the, the, even the, the better packages have, um, I shouldn't say better. I should say more inclusive packages feature, uh, a higher price tag. So you got one dude to buy a gold wing or eight people to buy, uh, Groms. So, I mean, what's easier to sell a cheap bike to a lot of people or an expensive bike to one person? I'd, I, either way you look at it, you're making the same money. So, I'd rather sell like a bunch of cheap, uh, fun stuff to people and get them coming back later in life for a Goldwing. That one Goldwing rider, you know, they're probably just going to be like, man, this can be my bike for years. So, probably no upsell on that. So, if you're if you're looking at it from that perspective, uh, a lot of these companies are actually expecting sales declines coming over this next year for North America. The North American market is cooling off. That's all that's happening. Um, in that vein, when I went to Super 73 and we talked about uh, crossover, I'm really excited about Super 73s, by the way. Uh, if you go over there, I think there is a code if you want to buy one of those. I was talking to Bruce, Philip at the Women's Moto Show, and we were talking about Super 73s. And I said, listen, the crossover market right now is going to be huge. I think that's what even motorcycle dealerships are going to be focusing on. And uh, if you uh, you know think about it in this term, to even to get a pit bike for your kid or something like that, or for yourself, a little one ten, a little fifty, a you can't. They're not street legal if, unless you're talking fifty cc scooter. Uh, you can't ride them on the public streets if they're a fifty cc or one ten dirt bike. So, a you're going scooter, but then your kids can't ride it because you have to have a license, right? So. What do you do? Go moped or something like that? And I was like, no, here's what you do. You get a Super 73. I just like I just I like those because we interviewed them and I interviewed them because I like the style of them. So you could also get like a fat tire mountain bike, get whatever you want that's electric. But I just dig the style of the Super 73s because they look like little motorcycles. And when I was riding Parker let me ride his, it felt like a little mini dirt bike. You know, not gonna get up to 40 miles an hour, except for the new ones do. And I was telling Bruce about this. So uh, that's not street legal either in the U.S., but it's for off-road or uh, private property use that you're allowed to turn them. You They have ludicrous mode, right? So I was like, you know, you could take these things through the street. I could either do this. I could do one of two things. I could get a mini bike and take a chance and ride it through downtown, whatever my town is, and then get arrested and get my bike impounded or get a big, huge ticket and get my bike impounded. Um, and then... Um, 
you have to pay like registration. Even if you don't, even if it's not a street legal bike, you have to still register it. And if it is a street legal bike, then you have to insure it. And you're going to get a huge ticket for riding even a registered bike around without insurance. So there goes your dirt bike through the city. But you get a Super 73, you ride it through the city. It feels like you're on a mini bike. It feels like you're on a little 50th cruising through town. Um, and it's totally legal in the United States, uh, here in California. Um, it's a class two, you know, unless you engage class four ludicrous mode, uh, it's totally street legal and they make them for Canada. I was telling Bruce this there, it's like, it's kind of like a Tesla. They do over the air updates. So it limits it to, I think in Canada, it's 22 miles an hour, um, which is faster than you're going on the freeways here in Southern California. Let me just tell you that Bruce was highly suspect of our, uh, transportation here. He's like, I don't know how you live like this. (laughs) So he had to take an Uber through town and probably was going at like 15. He probably could have got there faster had he ridden a Super 73 at 28 miles an hour. Um, But in Canada, it's limited to 22. They have like over the air um, updates and management that like sets that, you know, and you can, so you're legal wherever you're at. They set it and forget it. So the deal is, is uh, yeah, you ride those through the city and it feels like you're on a little mini bike. And uh, by the way, a uh, side note, if you go to Super 73 and enter Parker Sucks, I think that's a code where you can get uh, a little bit of a discount. They already have, um, they had discount pricing for February, up until February. So I think this is your last day uh, to buy a Super 73 discounted, the old ones especially. Uh, but they had some February pricing for the new ones as well. Those are as much as a Grom. Okay, but then again, you look at any mountain bike, and they're like three or four thousand bucks nowadays. It blows my mind. I mean, I, I when I think back, I did get mine in two thousand, uh, or mine was a two thousand one, and I think I got it. I got it used in like two thousand three or four. It was a twenty one hundred dollar bike, so I was like, yeah, I guess mine wasn't cheap either. It was as much as a Grom would have been back then too. So to pay a couple thousand dollars for uh, a bicycle nowadays is nothing if you're getting a good one. Um, and so to get a a powered bicycle that can do 20, 30 miles an hour, well, nearly 30 miles an hour in the U.S., um, legally on the street, you know, you get your Grom, you have to register it. You have to uh, insure it. A bicycle, you just have to obey the traffic laws, man. So you pay the one-time upfront fee and you get into riding on two wheels. You can get your kid into riding on two wheels without having to buy gas and without having to upkeep this thing. I mean, what, what do you do on your bicycle? I haven't even, I realized that my bike needs to be tuned. Um, but my other cheap Walmart street bike, I've never done anything to that except for maybe like change the inner tube when I popped a tire, like literally I haven't even changed the little, it's got V brakes on it. I haven't even changed the brake pads. I've had this thing for like 10 years. Uh, you have to ride a lot to wear down brake pads on your bikes. And then my mountain bike has hydraulic brakes with, um, uh, disc, disc brakes. And I don't think I've ever changed. I may have changed the pads on that once. Um, I was warping rotors more than going through pads. And, uh, so you just have to flush the lines once in a while, you know, and that. So, I mean, the maintenance is like nothing compared to a motorcycle where you're getting gas, you're adjusting change, you're adjusting valves, you're trying to trick it out. Cause you, now you need it to sound trick and make it go from 40, one miles an hour to 43 miles an hour. So yeah, it's ridiculous what you have to do. So for the same price, you can get a bike 
and ride it through town legally. Ride it through your downtown. Try to do that. Wheelie a bicycle through downtown and try to do that on a motorcycle that is not insured or registered. Yeah, it's not going to happen. So check out e-bikes and Southern California Motorcycles uh, here in Southern California, they are offering e-bikes. This is this is part of my actual news. I was, I was trying to roll into this smoothly. I guess by announcing this, it's not making it smooth anymore. But anyways, this is a direct quote. Uh, Some may wonder why we are opening an exclusive e-bicycle store in our complex, said Southern California Motorcycles owner Tom Hicks. Well, Tom, tell us all about it. Okay. Quote, believe it or not, there really is a tie-in. Motorcyclists are getting older, and for many of us, physically, uh, uh, physical limitations affect how much we can do. These power-assist bicycles, yes, you still have to pedal them, are a perfect answer. You can get as much or little exercise as you want, and you're having fun. End quote. So Southern California Motorcycles is located at 515 West Lambert Road in Brea. Um, they're going to be having a grand opening today from 10 to 5. So if you get out there, you can test some of that out. Uh, go look at motorcycles, but go look at e-bikes. So motorcyclists, we saw a giant at IMS in Long Beach this year. Um, Yamaha e-bikes were what you had to ride on before you could do the zero uh, little, you know, new to two ride. So th- there's a lot of crossover there. And Stasic, of course, Harley-Davidson buys, bought Stasic and rebrands their bikes as Harleys. Wait a minute, Harley's rebranding stuff? That hasn't happened before. Hashtag Aramaki. What? Um, so yeah, don't give me no beef about Polaris, Victory, and Indian. Okay, Harley does it too. But anyway, getting back to the e-bikes thing. So yeah, everybody's trying to get this bike crossover thing. I do have to tell Steve Hicks here that if you want to get as little exercise as possible, you're going to stay home and be on the couch. So don't tell people that. Just tell them that it's going to be fun. And then riding a bike, I think riding a motorcycle... All you have to do is move your wrist and your ankle and maybe your head back and forth to look at lanes. I think it's a lot less exercise than riding a bicycle. So <laughs> that 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 makes no sense, but what I would have said is that my argument, you can go you can ride your bicycle to out to dinner with your wife or your kid or your grandkids uh, if getting older is the thing. Plus it keeps you in shape. Plus the pedal assists are awesome. Uh, that's the level two I was talking about. Uh, and the super 73s actually have a thumb throttle as well. Um, but there's also pedal assist where you just, the first time I rode one, I almost crashed into a curb. I wasn't ready for it. It was set at level 10, which is the highest you could go on this bike. Um, and it was a fat tire. So it kind of looked cool already. It looked like a motorcycle, uh, tires on a bicycle frame, which is why I like super 73s. They look like mini bikes. Um, and I, the minute the pedal moved, the bike took off. So there's different levels you can put. You can put, like, this particular brand had 10 levels. And so level one through five, you could barely feel it, but you start pedaling, and it's like, okay. Uh, when I rode the Yamaha at IMS, um, they had those set pretty high. So once you start pedaling, the bike takes off. And you just, you know, it stops at 28 miles an hour. But as a human being, I've gone faster than that on a mountain bike. Downhill passing cars because they were backing up at, uh, you know, as traffic does. And I'm in the bike lane. I was doing a good, like 40 miles an hour, um, pedaling in top gear as fast as I could. So the limitations, these things, the pedal assist gets you up to speed and then you, you take over and you can, you can really cruise, uh, 
faster, you know, if I was a bit on my motorcycle, I would have to wait in that traffic. But so on a bicycle, all you got to look out for is car doors and dogs chasing, chasing your tires. So I don't know, man, I do feel like Southern California motorcycles is onto something here. The e-bike crossover is real and ride them through the pits where you can't ride your motorcycle through the pits or mini bikes at some tracks. Um, ride these things through the pits, take them out to the local trail. You sure as hell can't take your motorcycle out to the trail. And if you are looking for some more exercise, uh, there you go. I'm, I'm big into this crossover thing. And then I got Bruce thinking about it and he's like, yeah, I turned him on to super 73. They actually had some super 73s at the women's moto show. Um, I think they should bring them out to one of the classic track days. Like they're just that much fun. Um, so yeah, go check out super 73 Enter a little code Parker sucks. I think it's still valid. Well, if not, we'll ask him for a new code. Um, but yeah, like bicycles, same price as a motorcycle, but legal in way more places. I mentioned this as well. I don't know if I mentioned it on this last show, but I think I mentioned it a couple shows ago that, uh, downtown LA is going to be, Hey, Oh my God. Coronavirus full effect. Downtown LA is going to be revamping, uh, part of downtown to make it bicycle and pedestrian only. So there you go. Now you can ride your quote motorbike, which is what super 73s call themselves. You can ride, ride those babies, um, downtown where no vehicles are allowed to go except for, you now. um, speaking of also crossover stuff, this is, this is kind of weird too. Um, the side-by-side sales are moving in. Uh, and this is another big thing. This is another crossover, not so much to two wheels. This is why I like e-bikes and I like that motorcycle dealerships are bringing e-bikes in is because crossover to motorcycling is real at that point. You get somebody on a fun bike, get them to commute maybe a couple days to the store to work uh, on their bicycle, especially on ride a bike day. And um, you may get them to say, hey, I already spent $3,000 on a bicycle, no matter what brand they're from. That's about how much... Uh, e-bikes are that are worth anything um now i maybe i can go get like a 250 you know uh, uh or a grom i can get a monkey i can get a tw200 i can get something else that's like row legal and then once they get hooked on that thing and they're like if they do want to move up maybe they'll come back and go get another bike so it's real on the other hand uh it's not what's selling what's selling like hotcakes right now and all brands that don't have one of these are going to be feeling it, uh, is side-by-sides. So I know Wiggins likes to bag on Indian motorcycles, but I think their parent company, Polaris, excuse me, has a couple side-by-sides. So they may be doing pretty good. They may be, uh, we may see Polaris, uh, turn around and Harley, while Harley, Harley Davidson's fallen, Partially because side-by-side sales have grown quarter after quarter after quarter. Uh, I've only been getting stuff from Honda and Kawasaki about their side-by-sides. And at IMS this year, I think this was the first year that Honda was uh, touting their side-by-sides and had them there. Um, And there's a new class in Dakar and Baja for side-by-sides that was started a few years ago. Mint 400 is coming up pretty soon. They have a side-by-side class. Like every basically desert race, King of Hammers, all that stuff has like a side-by-side class now. Um, The side-by-side American Honda is actually renewing its partnership with AFT. So you don't race side-by-sides in flat track, but guess what? 
uh, there is an uh, experiential program is what they call it. And it was at select uh, AMA rounds. Well, in 2020, there's going to be an expansion of this. The Honda Talons are going to be uh, available for test, not test drives, but you get to ride along at all rounds of the 2020 season of the AFT flat track um, series this year. You get to get in, you get to go sling it around a flat track at speed with the Honda Rider, and uh, they are going, or Honda Driver in this case, and they're going to try and get you hooked on side-by-sides. Now, the deal is, why don't, if we want motorcycle sales to continue to grow, what we're going to do is take foot pegs off of motorcycles. We are going to Put a bench seat like my SCR has on every motorcycle. No more of this double seat, solo seat, king and queen seat. No, we're going to put a bench seat. Uh, It's going to be brown probably to attract the most amount of people to it. And we're going to put one long footboard that starts at the front. Uh, maybe it curves up like a highway peg and it just runs the length of the bike all the way back. You're going to have to add like a special strut coming back to support it in the rear and heat guards on every muffler now so that the, uh, the 12th passenger on that baby does not burn their leg. But we're going to have to do it like they do in other countries when they're riding six deep on a motorcycle or a scooter. Uh, if they can do that in other countries, we can do it here. Um, six people on a scooter, people. So we have huge bikes here. We can fit at least four people. And that's how we're going to get the side-by-side market. Now, I don't want to bag on side-by-sides because Honda and Kawasaki and Polaris, all great companies. Uh, Can-Am probably has some. I'm not 100% sure about that. Need to need to do some fact checking on that, so don't take that uh, as word as fact. But I'm pretty sure Can Am still does some sort of recreational vehicles, and I couldn't imagine that they'd be out of the side by side game. But then there's like Rocksor and a couple other companies that uh, you know a lot of Chinese companies. Speaking of uh, China um, and their markets being affected, but um, yeah, there's a lot of ATV companies, uh, not ATV side by side specifically. Uh, and they are offering recreational vehicles and utility vehicles. Now, you don't have utility motorcycles, really. So uh, it's just where people are like, hey, listen, I can get this, and it's going to be the all-around, plus I can take four people on it. So side-by-side sales are projected to move up. So Harley, Suzuki, Indian, Ducati, Triumph. Um, let me see. Anybody but, anybody but Honda and uh, Polaris and... Uh, Kawasaki is going to have a hard time in this new market where side-by-sides are taking over. Um, recently, side-by-side and ATV sales growth has continued. So it's not really that it's just outdoing bikes right now, but the momentum. If you look at charts, like the little Venn diagram pie chart uh, bar graph, line graph, plotted uh, plotter, and whatever graph you want to throw in there. So I combined all of these into one thing, and it kind of just looks like a, a drawing of a piece of broccoli. Um, it's the momentum that this market has right now that's really catching people out. Uh, Wells Fargo Security announced recently that side-by-side and ATV sales growth has risen and has continued to rise while cruiser and sport bike sales rose, off-road motorcycle sales spiked high year-over-year, so the off-road section is getting huge, but bike sales are expected to fall, ATVs are expected to flatten, and side-by-sides are the only thing expected to grow, with Polaris and Honda leading the way right now. So big news, super big news for the ATV slash power sports. And for dealers, I got to say, 
double down on these things. You know, you got to keep yourself in business. There's a uh, dealership by me that where I used to get all my stuff. Now I don't know where I'm going to buy oil. The closest motorcycle dealer to me now is 7,000 miles away. Um, so I don't know where chain lube, oil, all that fun stuff. I'm not to really ride out to kind of out of my way to go get it now. So that kind of sucks. Um, so double down on the side-by-sides. Maybe if they had more side-by-sides and less bikes, which is a shitty thing for a motorcycle podcast to say, maybe they would still be in business, but we'll see. Um, so then I announced that Yamaha was saying that they expect their sales to fall, but a lot of, uh, a lot of OEMs expect their sales to fall. And if they get themselves into the side-by-side game, which we know, uh, takes at least five or six years to develop a vehicle (laughs) before it gets to the showroom floor, uh, or even to production line. Um, that's not going to happen by the time that happens. We'll all be, you know, the markets are crashing and everything anyway. So we'll we'll have to see how even side-by-sides do. Um, speaking of new model releases and not having any side-by-sides, Harley has released a couple mid-year bikes. Um, they came out with the Road Glide CVO, which was new for 2020. And also they had, if you want to call this a new motorcycle, they are as part of their, uh, you know, Matt Levitich spearheaded this, speaking of the guy who's leaving Harley Davidson, the uh, 100 bikes in 10 years, right? I think they're on year three of this, so we'll see. Do they have 30 new bikes yet? Um, the If you want to call this a new bike, the 30th anniversary Fat Boy, it actually just had like a crazy yellow color. So to me, that's not a new bike. That's just a, a bike with a different color. Uh, so that was their two models that came out for this year. And then I'd seen in like uh, Europe, uh, international markets that there was also a soft tail standard. But I was like, yeah, I guess we didn't get it here. Um, but guess what? Boom. Last week they announced it. Fail. I need to, did I say the word of the week? Did I say creative? <gasps> Morrissey, how about you come over here and get a big hug? Ready? <laughs> God, oh, his head popped off. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. We didn't use firearms in this week's show, but we still killed a famous British rock pop star. Robert Smith and James Dean Bradford, you're, you're the only ones left, so... Hopefully I don't say the word again. Um, so, all right, enough of that BS. Uh, so anyway, yeah, the motor company uh, had announced the new model globally. It just came to the USA this week as well. The 2020 Softail Standard is basically a chrome street bob with skinny tires and several accessory packages that can be ordered directly for the PNA catalog. So I thought that was interesting. Uh, before Harley Davidson had the custom, the HD1 customization, the dark custom stuff, I don't even know if they still have that. But on this one right below it, it was like, buy some packages. Well, it's not really a package. Once you click on it, it takes you to the uh, accessory parts and accessory catalog where they've basically scoured through the parts and accessory catalog for parts that fit the the fat bob or the I'm sorry the street bob and they cobbled them together into a kit basically so you're paying a couple thousand bucks for a bunch of accessory parts you're probably getting a discounted prices if you bought each one individually but basically they're just, they're just a bunch of street bob parts thrown into a convenient kit so you don't have to go piece by piece go through the uh, catalog and pick out all the stuff that fits the new softail standard I would like to say that it also has the same callout as the Dyna did, which is FXST. Um, so yeah, they're not changing the the naming convention; they're just changing the uh, 
they're bringing it back, I guess, and keeping the old uh, call-out numbers. Um, what was new? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this was also new for Harley-Davidson. Now, I know that they have changed their website um, this year. Traditionally, for the past decade, Harley-Davidson website has been darker. Well, this year, it turned brighter. And I know on the specs page, ever since the... Um, like Project Rushmore happened, uh, the specs pages have been white and stuff like that instead of black like they used to be. But traditionally, the site had a dark vibe-ish. Now, when you go on there, it looks like a bright colored, you know, it's all white or like an off-white, like a uh, paper. It looks like it's on some crazy artisan paper uh, with like a crazy little font. No more of the HD like stamp steel font. Now, the bike's listed there, and the categories that they have them listed in are kind of weird. They have street bikes, which includes not only the streets, but all the sportsters. So that's in one category called street now, as if you can't take them on the highway or anything. Then they have uh, cruiser, I want to say, and they have all the soft tails in there, except for the heritage. So anything with... Uh, bags on it, I guess, is, uh, does the heritage have bags? I'm pretty sure it has leather bags on it. So anything but the heritage is now in the touring section. And then they have like the custom or CVO section and, and trike and all that stuff. So they kind of separated it out weird where they're not just saying, Hey, this is our streets. This is our sportsters. This is our soft tails. They have it by a category now. And it's interesting to me what they put into each category. So the, the streets and sportsters are all on the street. I wonder where the Pan America is going to go. And I wonder where the Bronx is going to go. Uh, the Bronx by any assumption should go in street. The Pan America should not go in touring. It should go in adventure, but we'll see where they put it. So it's kind of weird that they made all these categories rather than just having, uh, letting you decide what, bike family to get. Now you decide what category you want to ride in. So we'll see if that changes anything as far as how sales go and as how as far as uh, customer perception. Um, and usually they change globally. So maybe they did this as part of a global way people search for bikes. Maybe they quit doing it. Hey, people in America search for bikes this way, but globally, like we're searching for it this way. So maybe they change it to fit global needs. Who, who knows? Um, but that basically is my news uh, for this week let's do a quick break and we'll come back with some stories of ride on creative writing <laughs> oh my god oh robert smith his eyes were bulging he asphyxiated he just fell well he's wobbling and now he just fell to the floor i hope he's okay i just hugged him almost to death so god just as much mayhem and uh and murder here on the show as there is when we shoot a cat. So just because we're not using firearms, I guess, doesn't mean it's less dangerous. All right, we'll be right back after this break. Hey there, this is patron Matt from My Motorbike Obsessions. I'm currently coming at you from Tokyo, and you're listening to the Creative Riding Motorcycle Podcast, probably because you ran out of all the other podcasts to listen to, and you really dig motorcycle haiku. Later. Do you hear that? That is the sound of silence. Are you tired of having your ears filled with noise? Are you tired of that noise being the sound of your own exhaust? Your 
own screams of panic as you crash your Aprilia Fratura off a cliff? Are you tired of listening to your family and friends call your sweet, sweet baby a murder cycle? Well, try Saginati earplugs. They're guaranteed to keep you from hearing most ambient noise. That includes the low-frequency wind noise that other helmets seem to miss. Sirens, horns, Harley-Davidsons, pedestrians screaming, Hey, look out, you're gonna run over that baby! All these and more filtered straight out of the old sound pipes thanks to Saginati's patented design. Do you want to block out all oral input from your ride without the hassle of having to go electric? Try Saginati and you'll never hear again. Saginati earplugs. Our motto is... Ares Saginati. Hey, this is the Beast Man coming at you from GSXR 600 FM, The Squid. We've got creative writing coming at you at the top of the hour, but first, the traffic. We have a yellow SV650 down on the 405 and a high-speed police chase being led by an RC51 over in Glendale. Chopper Dave says the bike looks pretty cherry from his vantage point, but may not be so sharp from up close. Anyway, here's an oldie from Tilford Sellers featuring a little-known steel guitar player named Moto G Beats. When the bright light Welcome back to Creative Writing. This is the top of the hour. Welcome back, folks. If you're looking for traffic on the fives, we'll be not hearing from Gary, Gary Canary right now. All flights through Los Angeles have been suspended, and therefore, uh, Brian finally did get his pilot license back, but I don't know if he and Gary are on a tour bus somewhere to the next helicopter destination. So we'll be hearing from them. He had to come to us from the uh, bumper to bumper to thumper and the uh, commuter scooter uh, commuter mobility scooter there for a while until Brian got his license back. Actually, I have to check with HR. I don't know if Brian did get his license back, but we'll be hearing from Gary Canary probably on the next episode uh, when we'll also bring you a new Moto Scan. I'm not doing the Moto Scan this week because, as you heard, uh, I am solo in the studio tonight, partially because my own fault. Uh, Daddy's working on some new stuff. I think I said that before at the top of the hour. I hate calling myself daddy that's gross i do have two kids but it's kind of cringy thing to say uh papa is working no 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 papa's got a no no that's even yeah anyway junkie has a brand new project in the works so let's start talking about that uh the garage is covered in overspray as is all my recording equipment my lungs uh safety glasses goggles uh headlamps keyboards even my beautiful beautiful soundboard here was covered in it feels good now but it did feel like shark skin for a couple days um my motorcycles uh ugh, this is so crappy i have a little mobile uh spray booth that i put up consisting of mostly cardboard walls cardboard box walls and some paper um somehow it still got out so i'm painting a project in the garage right now uh we'll be talking about this in a minute but uh yeah nokomoto and creative writing oh god i'm so sorry uh james dean come over here bloody hell sorry about that buddy right fucking ask someone in this home right Oh my God, it's like hugging Guy Martin. <laughs> so, uh, but you are Welsh, I get it. Um, anyway, 
Yeah, so the CRMP, I'll, I'll call us that, and the Nokomoto Bosu build is official. Uh, we'll be talking about that. I'm going to tell you a little bit about the Women's Moto Show because I'm going to go in chronological order of the destruction and mayhem of this last week, not including my opening of the uh, cartridge air mask and getting coronavirus from the cartridge of a uh, Corona package that they put in there. That didn't make any sense, but I'll get to that. So anyway, yes, last week, last uh, Saturday, one week ago today, I went to the Women's Moto Show down at House of Machines in uh, downtown Los Angeles where the parking's great. The air is always uh, hipstery and the vibe is always cool. I don't know. I just made that up if you couldn't tell. Uh, <laughs> but I am going to write that down so that I have that same awkward uh, description of House of Machines every time I talk about it. Um, so Ashley was down there, Ashley of Jay and Ashley fame. She is uh, was there repping M1GP. She is working on being a rider coach for M1GP, um, and she was their brand ambassador that night there at the show. There were raffles to be had and prizes to be won and bikes to be gawked at. And to my old buddy Derek, who got fired from IT, well, I think he just got laid off. I don't think he got fired, but he quit his job in IT, uh, was laid off, and said, I'm going to go brew beer. And we used to talk about brewing beer because we both used to do it in the garage. And then he became the founder, one of the co-founders of Modern Times Brewery. Derek, good on you, mate. Uh, I had your Modern Times Stout there at the show, and it was phenomenal. Not that I didn't know that. I get Modern Times stuff a lot. But yeah, Derek, good job, buddy. Um, and then uh, the actual show, let's talk about that. Uh, I was listening to one of the Oregon podcasts that I listen to frequently, uh, weekly, as a matter of fact. And they were talking about how the one show had a different vibe this year. It was no longer in the Pickle Factory uh, thank God, because now Clubbins can sponsor them. Um, and also had a just a different vibe. I guess the racing was pretty far away from the show, was pretty far away from some other stuff, gigantic venue, yada, yada. They said it lost kind of the vibe of the previous one shows where they were a little more int- intimate, a little more like clubhouse party, a little bit more of like insider baseball. This was a little bit more like a trade show from what I've gleaned um maybe because a lot more vendors a lot more sponsorship so on and so forth makes the more sponsorship you get the less you know intimate and clubby it feels you know it's not like hanging out with someone in their garage anymore it's like going to a sponsored corporate event uh and so I feel the same way about the Women's Moto Show. Lucky Wheels just had that vibe. You're walking around a working, active workshop where House of Machines, true, they do have a little fab. I don't, let me see. They were welding over to the left of their lobby. And I don't know if it's um, normally open like this or even if they normally do it in there or if they have it somewhere else. But I think there's a restaurant in there or at least this bar, this little bar lounge, pretty cool. Um, pretty hip motorcycle-related place. They had a really bitchin' Buell, like S2 Lightning or like S1, whatever the Thunder, maybe they were called the Thunder Cloud, I don't know. But one of the old trellis frame Buells before they went to fuel and frame. AMA winner right there in the front. Boom. Dark, vibey lounge. All right, cool. Where's the bikes besides that one? 
you know, I see some pictures hanging on the wall. This this feels like you're you're hanging out in someone's finished den, you know. So it had that vibe. It did have an intimate vibe, but also, where's the motorcycles? Like, where's all the uh, motorcycle related stuff? Well, that was in a back room that really looked like an art gallery. It's where they have their concerts. I really wish I would have gone to see Eagles of Death Metal uh, when they were there, but. They have a little back room that ha- it looks pretty much like an art gallery. White walls, open concrete floor, stage against the wall, a secret curtain going into the wings or some green room somewhere. So it's a rather large space. Now, Lucky Wheels was a working shop that had indoor, outdoor, and upstairs for a little while uh, area. So it's not like that was a tiny space. But walking through the actual indoor garage part next to the lifts... And next to the sales counter, past the bathroom and soda machine, past all this, the parts hanging on the walls and the tools, you know, it was like walking through grandpa's tool shop or, or actual working motorcycle shop. So it already had that moto vibe right up front. It didn't have this like cool hipster lounge vibe. You get into the back, there's a sandblaster, the air compressor, the friggin', you know, the torches, uh, 80, 80 more bikes, you know, parts everywhere, tool cabinets, welding, fa- you know, the whole fab shop back under the back bay, uh, and all the bikes there in between. The, the You know, they had like five lifts with bikes as soon as you walk in, and in the back, a ton of of bikes back there. Uh, just you had to walk through the bikes. It was part of the thing. So when I get to House of Machines, and the first thing is like the crowd of people that's just in there gathering. It was almost like just being at a bar or a club, really. Uh, where's the bikes? You know, that was my first question. There was a couple out in the front room, and that was about it. And one of them wasn't even part of the show. It was that AMA Buell. Uh, and so uh, Z Traveler, who you've heard her uh, on Motorcycles and Misfits before, and, and, and actually a thousand other podcasts that she's on. Her bike uh, was out front, along with a couple from Kill Switch Queen, and they were doing some um, uh, welding over in the corner. There might, might have been three bikes as soon as you walk in. So it's mostly a bunch of hipsters in wide Stetson hats drinking shitty beer. Um, Actually, expensive beer, not shitty beer. It was pretty good beer. So, I mean, it was like a loungy feel. It was kind of like hanging out in a bar full of motorcyclists. So, I mean, that was cool. But as far as the women's moto show part, you had to go through into the back room. So that already didn't have the vibe of Lucky Wheels. And then once you got in the back room, like I said, Lucky Wheels, you used to have to walk. You just have to squeeze past people to um, or squeeze past people to get around the bikes that were taking up almost the entire space. You were there. You were like in the bikes, on the bikes, eye level with the bikes. Uh, All these bikes at House of Machines, and I'm not bagging on House of Machines. I'm just saying, I think that Alicia Elfing had the same thing that uh, Tor Drake did, going to a bigger venue, some of the growing pains, some of the um, just growing in general, getting a bigger venue means a little bit less intimacy and a little bit more... Uh, you know, I don't know, just not the same vibe. Vibes has a lot to do with moto shows and why they're so cool. Even Born Free, even though like I'm not a huge Chopper fan, the vibe of that is that, hey, I'm going to go to a friggin' field in Southern California in the hottest month of the year and walk around thousands of motorcycles. And since it's the hottest month of the year, there's going to be lots of you know, chopular people with their shirts off, men and women walking around scantily clad, uh, talking chops and motorcycles, and then a bunch of like vendor related stuff, right? 
So that's how I felt like even that's got its own vibe, even though it's like a huge festival vibe almost. This just didn't have the same vibe as Lucky Wheels. And uh, the, the bikes that were in there, I didn't feel like there were as many either, which is ironic because the space seemed larger. Uh, and so you go in the back room where the slash art gallery thing is. Uh, the bikes were up against the wall. They were, oh, I want to say like a dozen bikes in there where at Lucky Wheels, I feel like there was two dozen. Um, maybe it just seemed that way because there was, you know, you literally were walking amongst them. You couldn't turn around and not see a bike. Um, in this instance, I barely remember seeing the bike. I looked at the bikes when I first got there and there wasn't that many people in the back room. And so I got to see everything I needed to see in 15 minutes. I could have bailed, but I knew Bruce Philp from This Motorcycle Life was going to be showing up. He was evading the cold of of uh, Toronto, of all places, which I think right now you guys are having – we're like 80 degrees. I'm sweating in here, and you guys are uh, in a cold snap with like eight-foot waves on Lake Superior or something like that. I heard there's like tsunamis happening right now in, in uh, the Great Lakes region, so – Bruce, stay warm, my man. I think you're out. I think you left today, or you're leaving today. So, by the time you're hearing this, buddy, I hope uh, I hope you stay warm. But yeah, we had a good time talking, and we were talking about the bikes. And I said, man, I wish you would have gone to the show at the other place. Not that the House of Machines isn't cool, and not that the place, not that the people that run it aren't like total bike freaks. They help put on the. Uh, the OG show at the Container Yard, which in itself even had a, like a little bit cooler vibe than HOM did. And I've never been to the HOM before. Sounds so cool using business <laughs> lingo, right? The HOM. I've never been to DTLA to visit HOM before, B4. Um, but yeah, just imagine everybody that's in LA that you see that you could possibly follow on Instagram that's motorcycle related. We're all there. Uh, except for Kanye and Beulah, I didn't see them, but they're in Riverside, so that kind of, I guess, they um, don't need to count. But they, uh, even some of my friends from San Diego were up, so that was that was cool. So there's everybody, everybody moto related was there, and of course, getting all their Instagram pictures and all that stuff, and Facebook posts and this and that. Bruce was there from Canada for Pete's sake, but it just didn't have that same vibe as uh, as Lucky Wheels. I really wish he would have gone there. You know, that I don't. They didn't do the Moto Pinata. They did stories of bike where uh, I even forget the fellow's name, but he has entered some of his um, motorcycle films into some film festivals, which is really weird that LA doesn't have one either. Um, I think it's probably in the works. I would start it up myself, but uh, there's so many movie-related people here in LA, they'd be like, you don't even know what you're doing, bro. Um, so I'm, I have a feeling that the an LA film festival is in the works. Being Tinseltown and Hollywood, Hollyweird, I think that it's we probably should have had the first one. Um, but anyway, that's going to be going on. And then, I, or that was going on. He was playing um, snippets from his stories of bike, which featured Alicia Elfing and her uh, Ducati 900 Super Sport, I think is what she had, her very uh, first bike that she had before she got her Toyota and her Honda Rebel out there on the old uh, living life on the road sort of thing. So. Um, yeah, there's, uh, stories of her and how she customized her bike and like started this whole thing. And she's known as the moto lady. And if you go to motolady.com and moto lady on any social medias, you'll see her in there. Um, yeah, it's an int- it was an interesting story and it was really cool, but I feel like, uh, this was like a documentary, perfect, perfect atmosphere for like one of those cheesy documentaries that everybody's doing now. 
Um, not so good for like the fun and hijinks. Like the, the bands were up on a stage where before they were like right in front of you and you had to like bump into them to get around them. No moto pinata that I saw, which used to get whacked and drop fun things like whiskey and, uh, cigarettes. <laughs> so none of that. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like just the hijinks, just the, uh, it, it was felt more like a, a proper event. And maybe because if you want to maintain a certain level of class at your establishment, um, you don't let these other things happen or you're like, yeah, you know, we could do that. We usually do that in my backyard. So I just felt like Lucky Wheels was more of like a shop slash backyard slash party vibe where this was more of like a, we're doing this at a classy event or we're doing this at, at a reputable uh, establishment. So let's keep that out of it. So yeah, at any rate, I looked at what a uh, short story is. It was nice seeing Ashley there and yakking with her for a little bit. It was nice seeing uh, everybody that, I follow on Instagram there just to at least know that they're not faking it. They're there looking at bikes um, and blabbing. But like I can tell you that I didn't see anybody uh, after the first like half hour oogling the bikes. Like at Lucky Wheels, people would still be showing up and looking at stuff. Here, people were just like all about – after you, go, you look at the bikes for five minutes, then you go – you know, socialize. So, and that's exactly what I did, uh, myself included. Me and Bruce talked about everything from uh, Canadian, from socialized healthcare, since he's Canadian, and uh, falling off your bike and having people pick you up and take you, and it's free <laughs> to, uh, you know, things like I got burned. I burned my face, which is uh, great. Uh, made me. I'm already very, very ugly, so that didn't help very much. But I burned my face uh, a couple months ago, right before we went and interviewed um, Super 73, by the way, which was, couldn't have been worse timing. Um, but it was just to go to the doctor and have him say, yeah, put some um, medicated ointment on your face for like three weeks. Just that cost me out of pocket 171 bucks. If I didn't have insurance, it would have been like 260 or 300, something like that. So it's ridiculous. And he's like, man, so imagine falling off your motorcycle. I'm pretty sure that could cost hundreds of thousands, which leads me to part number two of my weekend. So the very next day, less than eight hours later or 12 hours later, uh, I was down at uh, Buchanan's Spoken Rim over here in Azusa, California meeting up with sweet talker Brady Walker. He had texted me and said, are you going to come ride with me uh, to uh, this Saturday? And I thought, or Sunday. And I was like, hey, that doesn't sound like something Brady would do, just a single rider ride. So I bet there is some sort of ride happening. And so I said, sure. And he said, all right. And then meet me at uh, Buchanan Spoken Rim at uh, 11 o'clock. So I said, all right, certainly will do. I went down there and guess what? It was a LA Cretans ride and it was so much fun. And uh, I really wish Bruce was around because uh, I was telling him uh, he got to ride. Uh, we'll get to the Cretans where they rode in one second. But when Bruce was down, he rented bikes and rode all over the west side of L.A. And I said, buddy, I know it's literally like 20 miles or 30 miles from my house, but it takes four hours to get to where you're staying uh, in L.A. traffic. Even on a bike, it'd be like an hour drive. And so um, – like I never go to that side. I never go over to Malibu. I never ride uh, Mulholland or the Pacific Crest Highway or any of that cool stuff that everybody – like bucket list people do, partially because uh, I hate the ocean. You look out and it's just like a flat blue plate with like sometimes you'll see a wave on it. And it's like what? Dude, if I was on a bo boat, 
I would kill myself. Like just, it'd be worse than being on a prairie. At least on the prairie, you have like grasses flowing and birds flying around in the, in the ocean. It's just like, it's like a water prairie. And the only birds are freaking squawky sky rats that some people call seagulls and albatrosses. I call them disgusting vermin. And, uh, it's not like there's mountains or anything else to see out there in the ocean. So I really hate riding next to the ocean pretty much. And that salt air corrodes stuff and salt water. Yay, let's go ride our bikes on the beach and then have them fall apart since we didn't rinse them off. Um, so I kind of hate the beach and the ocean and I don't go out that much that way anyway. So he got to have fun cruising around what all the tourists come here to ride. And I was like, buddy, How'd you come over? Were you staying here like another weekend? You could have came over and rode some of the best twisties. We could have gone canyon carving and then hit the twisties all in one ride because you start in this canyon, you ride up, and then you end up kind of on the top up there in the twisties. That's the difference to me between the twisties and canyons. (laughs) One's on top, one's in. Uh, And so we did this and I was like, man, you really got to come check out the east side sometime because through Angeles Crest Highway... And uh, Glendora Mountain Road and uh, Azusa Canyon and um, Big Tahunga and everything that's out here on the east side. And Wrightwood, if you go over, start going over into Riverside County, I said, there's a whole bunch of stuff. On the, on the, on the west side, sure, you hit Mulholland, the rock store, you hit the beach. But it's not twisty and turny, except from the Mulholland is because you're in the mountains. But I was like, dude, over here, the views, the weather, like everything is just so phenomenal. You got to come over here and check it out. But he wasn't in town, so that's what I did. I did with the Cretans. We rode up to uh, um, Crystal Lake, and it's so funny. Riding with we, – we, we rode at a spirited pace, but I feel like it wasn't spirited enough. I got trapped between this dude on a uh, Thruxton – a really pretty Thruxton actually. And I thought I was like, dude, am I like, I was crowding the dude in front of me because I thought the dude on the Thruxton wanted to go by. Turns out they were friends and they weren't that quick in the corners. And then in front of the dude on the scrambler was a dude on a bobber. Uh, so we had Thruxton junkie scrambler bobbler. So three triumphs with a Yamaha, Yamaha Harley thrown in in between. Um, and they weren't going that fast. The guy on the, the bobber was really, uh, kind of holding up the pack, but the dude on the, on the, um, scrambler too, I think he wanted to go past a couple times, but I felt like I was up his tailpipe and I'd look in the mirror and the dude on the Thruxton was hanging way back. So I was like, okay, never mind. I thought I was keeping him. I thought I was holding him up. So I was crowding the dude in front of me, but. Uh, turns out, I think they were just all riding a cruise pace. And I really had to settle down on cruise. And to me, I felt like I was cruise cruising. Like, I like to cruise, but I, I guess I cruise fast. <laughs> cruising hard. Because I, I, even cruising, I felt like we were kind of like going a little slow to the point where um, I, don't, I was afraid of tipping over in some of these corners. I was like, man, we're not li- going even fast enough to take a corner, guys. Like, come on. So I guess I, I waited at the back because all the racer dudes were up in the front. And I, I don't know the guy's name, maybe Travis, but the guy, he has one of my favorite bikes. I always see it on um, on the Cretans post doing wheelies like through uh, downtown and stuff. Well, he was at it again, doing wheelies all up and down the canyon. Uh, 
saw him go up on one as we were riding back to Pasadena. Um, so that bike looks like a lot of fun. It's an old CB something. It looks like a 500 to me, um, or like a four, 404 or something. But, uh, yeah, just that thing looks so, so much fun. It's probably a CB 750. If I ever meet him in person, he'll slap me. But, um, yeah, we talked a little bit. He had a, he had a GoPro on there with a suction cup on his front number plate. And I was like, dang, that's brave. But he's like, it works. <laughs> it never fell off. So, uh, if you, um, ever want to come and do a fun ride out here, Buchan- Buchanan Spoken Rim is actually pretty famous. They have everything, they do everything from like wheelbarrows back in the 1800s to cars and, uh, and bikes. And they are pretty famous for, um, pretty famous for doing, uh, spokes and rims, relacings, all this great stuff. So it was, it was a cool venue to have it at and to kick off at. So that was a fun ride. That was about it. And finally to wrap up the show, um, Oh, actually I went up there, got some hot chocolate and I thought the irony of the day was, uh, Going back downhill, did I get past those guys? I don't remember if I got stuck behind the same guys going back down. I hope I didn't because, like, it was it still felt slow going down. <laughs> so, um, but going back down, uh, the, when we got to the top, I had a little bit of hot chocolate, and the dude that was on the one of the Harleys there works at CSC, which I thought was kind of funny. He works at uh, CSC's right down the hill at the bottom of the hill, and I thought it was kind of cool that somebody that owns Harleys and rides Harleys was a total Harley dude, like Southern talker from like South Carolina or something like that, working at CSC, selling 250s to the world. Chinese Zongshin 250s, by the way. Um, Yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. So, And we'll make it a point to go to uh, maybe interview Buchanan's or interview CSC, um, maybe hopefully this year. All right, so that was that ride. A lot of fun. Uh, Brady was there on the maroon balloon and – riding in his overalls. You can always catch Brady in a fancy pair of sexy overalls. Um, but yeah, coffee, donuts, Shinya Kimura, uh, showed up, um, and talked to this old dude with a water Buffalo and all sorts of great stuff. It was really cool. A lot of cool bikes there. Just a lot of rad, rad stuff from Cretan's track bikes to restore this, this water Buffalo was like mint from the big lollipop, um, Turn signals to the original super chrome uh, luggage rack. It just looks so good. And the guy's like, yeah, this thing is like, even the side covers are OG on this thing. And I was like, sweet. It's so nice to see that little triple two stroke out there. And the guy was fast. He used to, he was a British dude and he used to race back in the day. And it was, he was a fun guy to watch ride too. So that was a really good, good time. If you're in SoCal, uh, hit me up and we'll, we'll go for a little Canyon cruise. Last thing I want to talk about on this week's show, and then we'll get out of here. We'll get you out. I, I didn't think I'd make it past half hour. Here I am at, uh, we have 15 minutes left before this show self-destructs. Robert Smith, you okay over there? I accidentally killed Morrissey and, uh, James Dean. You good? Okay. You guys are good. All right. So yeah, we, uh, we have a Bozu build build off between the two motorcycle podcasts uh, that are Moto One favorites right now. There's a couple more uh, Moto One podcast networks that are so obscure that you don't even know about them. But Noko Moto and CRMP, so I don't have to go over there and squeeze one or more of the British pop stars this week. Um, we're having a Bozu build off, and everyone's and get, everyone's excited about it, and I think it's pretty cool. Um, People, especially Matt from My Motorbike Obsessions, he's in Japan right now, and he's been emailing us all sorts of stuff, and it's pretty fun to have uh, listener support. But 
here's my deal. Um, we're going to have some rules. Uh, obviously, there's got to be some rules. And Nokomodum, Nokomodum. That is if you want to buy a modem and then build up uh, your internet traffic <laughs> at AOL.com. Let me see. Where the hell is the rules? So yeah, there. The, here's the basic thing. Here they are. So basically, we both are in possession of KZ550s, which I think it was Pete said or Jonathan, I forget, Swiggy, uh, was like in his opinion the greatest platform for a Bosu build because it's already pretty much half the style of a Bosu bike anyway. Kind of like at least what the older ones were. I know a lot of times they do it with newer sport bikes, but uh, it's a little bit bigger than the 400 twins that they had access to and, and anything 400, a lot of 400, uh, sport bikes and stuff that they use now too, but 400 is basically the Japanese. So we get a little bit of bump in that and they're already King and Queen seat. They already have big old fat tanks. And, uh, I already have a couple fairings in here that I'm going to have to modify. I actually think I'm going to, I just ordered a big roll of fiberglass this week. Um, whipped out my paint cans. Like I said, got spray overspray and everything. And now I've been going around with the clay hitting, my freaking Yamaha hitting my TV screen, hitting the computer, the recording equipment, um, every single thing that has a upward facing surface that all the overspray drifted down onto. Uh, I have been hitting with the, uh, the buffing clay, getting it out. You know, there's like that clay stuff that gets overspray off without ruining your paint. So I've been doing that all week, but I'm going to be doing most of my fabricating outside, I guess. Um, so the bikes are going to be scored in the following ways. There's going to be one point, for the bike with the most Bozu tropes. And I think tropes is that website that you go to to find out if things are fake or not. So I'm going to go to tropes.com and see. All right, bad dad joke. Uh, there's going to be one point for the bike that does the most miles the month following the end of the build. And the build starts, I'm going to say March 1st, which is tomorrow, and uh, 14 months from now. So even though we announced it, like we we brought it up a couple times, I'm pretty sure that the boys would say it's fair if we start on March 1st, just so that we get like... Hey, a definite date for build time. Uh, so there's going to be one point for the bike that does the most miles. I'm going to have a little bit of trouble, A, because I've had the KZ running, but not in like three years. Uh, and B, it's not papered. And in California, if anybody's ever tried to get a bike and get it legal here to be on the street, I'm going to be riding that mother dirty uh, to get this part of the challenge in because they're going to be like, dude, it's not got papers since like 92 and uh, you don't have the title for it. So guess what? Like you're just going to have to take this thing to the junkyard and ride it right in. So that's what, maybe what I might do. I might build it up all fancy and then just make it a, either a track-only bike. Hopefully they allow BOSU bikes on the track or just drive it into a landfill and forget I ever did this. Um, you're going to get one point for the bike that's voted the best theme by the listeners. So all of you will get a chance in 14 months to see how we did. One point for the bike that Wiggins' dad hates the most, which I'm sure he just abhors uh bozu culture and style <laughs> so that ought to be interesting and then one point to still be determined and this is where i'm going to chime in they, they came up with all these rules and i think they're great i think there should be one point since we're both musician capable um podcasts either we create a song and then and a corresponding dance <laughs> and we have to do a video of us dancing next to our bikes so either a song about our bike or for the bosu build or we do a song or some sort of like little chant with the corresponding rev if you if you ever uh go look up bosu culture i don't know if this was a thing in the old days but the new days um 
there's a whole documentary on Vice about this girl that's trying to get into the national Bozozoku Championships revving competition by, and you have to do, she described it as like a song. And then she started singing like, and it's kind of like playing funk guitar, which I used to play a lot back in the day. I was in like this funk punk band um, called the Pfunks. <laughs> We are now def- we are now defunct, um, defunct funk punk band. Say that eighty times fast, or just once. It's hard enough to say it once, but um, but yeah, it seems like you know like rhythm. So I think we should have a component that is rhythm related, or and that'll be the musical component of it. So we'll see what happens. I've got uh, I'm shipping this project bike that I'm painting. Getting this done as fast as possible. Get this mofo out of here. I'm going to throw some glass this weekend and see if I can get it to look right. Start building my fairing. Maybe I should start making sure the bike runs first because I will get zero points for the uh, miles competition part of it. Um, And speaking of miles competition, I think the... uh motorcycle podcasters challenge maybe coming up here pretty soon i haven't checked that since last year it's been a whole year of busy things and plans for me so uh that may be coming up pretty soon so stay tuned for that and stay tuned for the bosu build i'll try to bring you updates week by week by week you little geek uh and with that we are at the end of the show have a good one everybody get out there uh, to the veggie plate classic today if you're hearing this get out um to the classics uh, classic track day ramming speed track days and the uh, daytona bike week um the ice races mama tried oh yeah i didn't tell you mama tried's happening the 13th i think um so yeah a lot of stuff coming up uh for you to go and do and as the weather gets better we will uh be doing uh, talking more about riding and you being more involved in the show thank you to our newest patron and thanks to everybody who uh, especially bruce who came all the way from canada to hang out in socal and i'm glad we got a chance to meet we'll hopefully be meeting some other people that are down in town from norcal over this uh, weekend weekend and um yeah everybody check check your mails all of our patrons check your mails we are going to be announcing the winner of the patreon art challenge next week which i can already tell you is paul smith he's the only one that submitted but we have a bi-monthly patron art challenge and uh, happens every two months and paul submitted this week or this uh what is it this bifurcation and um yeah he's the winner so we'll announce it now how's that (laughs) we'll we'll talk about it next week though uh so yeah everybody stay tuned uh huff paint from a balloon and i'm glad brady and wiggins didn't show up because the three of us would have left this podcast looking like uh you know we're going to valhalla or whatever i forget what they said uh, witness me that's a you know right now i look like i uh, extra from mad max fury road with all the paint around my breathing orifices so uh hopefully i'm not dead by this time next week and maybe the book guys will come back on so all right everybody talk to you later uh you smell like an alligator and don't be a, a 